this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. a sure test of will. Um, my Wi-Fi is super wonky and there's a construction team outside. And there is also a guy, I did not know that the landlord had done this, but is working on hardwood floors in my house. Um, I have the door insulated with a whole bunch of towels. I have the windows. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically living like Nick Cave probably normally lives. Um, but I'm in total darkness and as much isolated as I can be. You're living in a Nick Cave? <laughs> mm, dad joke number one. Check. Hey, you're the one that wanted to report early. I'm awake. I'm fully awake. I'm more oh, man. Do the later episodes. That was so brutal. Uh, we haven't done a morning episode in like over, over a year and a half, I think. Probably longer than that. I mean... That's how we used to do them all. Yeah, we used to do them smack dab in the middle of the day when the sun was out. It's so weird. So weird to even think of that now. It's odd to it's odd to sit here in brightness. I know, well, as brightness as, as bright as I can be, considering that I'm living like a bat at the moment. This is my this is my preferred way of podcasting, but almost nobody ever wants to record at this time. So yeah. I've acclimated to the nighttime. So now I'm like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah, like when I was doing all the when I had this show was just Creative Minds and I was doing the interviews every week. Mm-hmm. It was always during the daytime if I could do it. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I wanted to be as sharp as possible. So especially when it was people in London, I always had to do it in the daytime. Well, you got your Jad joke out of the way within the first 30 seconds. So, I mean, I, I think we're off to a good start. Well, I, I, would, I would think um, for everybody listening, if they're lucky, there will be more. <laughs> One would think, yeah. If, if, if this tea that I'm drinking will help me. Um, I'm also, I'm battling it. The beginning of a cold, really weird week for me. The mm-hmm. Arm thing, and now this. So, yeah. What? Can you please explain the arm thing? I don't. I don't know that I can. No. <laughs> uh, well, I went to I went to sleep, and I woke up with a, an arm that didn't work. Really, I couldn't lift it. Um, oh, that's weird. 
And then three days later, it was fine. And then it came back for a day and then it went away. So I don't know. I'm a, I've been uh, afraid to go out and hit the boxing bag because the muscle that was injured is the top of my shoulder. Uh, which is like my punchy, my punchy muscles. Yeah, I, for, so, I forget that you're doing the boxing thing. That explains a lot. Well, I don't think it's from that. I, honestly, I think it's from my sleeping um, because I tend to pin my arms. Mm-hmm. Not both at the same time, but if I'm I, I'm a side sleeper, so I tend to pin one arm underneath. Mm-hmm. And if you lay in the right spot in my mattress, because it's an older mattress, my shoulder will slip like really underneath. And sometimes I will, because of that, jump my arm up above my head, straight out. You know, like I'm pointing to the sky. Yeah. So between those two things, neither of those for long periods of time necessarily good for your shoulders. Yeah, so, I can imagine. And I'm not a back sleeper. I never have been. I have like sleep apnea and stuff like that anyway, so I'd die. <laughs> yeah, I try I try to sleep on my back because supposedly it's better for your back, but I've never been able to pull it off. Like I've, I've been a side sleeper essentially my entire life. It's like sleeping like a corpse. I don't understand it. I mean, corpses don't sleep, but I don't know. It's just not comfortable. <laughs> my grandfather used to do it. I don't know how he did it. But he also snored like he was cutting down the forest. So, yeah, my dad does that too. I, I, yeah, I remember like I'm so it's weird because I'm a light sleeper, but I am immune to snoring. Like I feel like your body just adapts over time. It's really weird. Yeah, I don't know what the what the deal with sleep apnea is because so I went in and I you know the doctor and you have this little class and they explain what sleep apnea is and they make you do a test and all this. It's so fucking common, but like it. I don't know if it's like one of those things that always existed and then that just science just finally figured out that it was happening or if it's an epidemic. You know, like might, all of a sudden... It might be both. It's fucking weird. It, it might be people are discovering it because... Or not discovering it, but people are learning a lot more about it because it's becoming an epidemic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm going to show you another... Con- I'm going to send you a photo in a second of another consequence of recording in the daytime. I had to take the photo first. And for people listening, the photo will be on Instagram. But it is that um, Latte doesn't nap <laughs> during what? the daytime. So he's literally on my lap. So I'm juggling the microphone, the keyboard, my beverages, and a dog on one leg. Um, I'm on one of my legs that is sending me the photo. Huh. Because dogs, dogs of his size don't necessarily lay across your lap. They lay in a way that you have to keep your butt cheeks clenched to keep them on your lap. Oh, ha! Huh. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting in a, I'm getting a glute workout right now as we speak, <laughs> and a thigh workout. Well, because of how I'm sitting, um, because of the the precarious situation, I have to be. I literally have to be like in as close to the middle of my room as possible. Um, so I have to be on my bed and on a corner of my bed. So I have to sit very strangely. So my leg is already starting to fall asleep and it's only five minutes in. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to maneuver this as we continue talking so that my leg isn't completely dead by the time we're done. That's funny that you should say that because when I was recording the episode with Julie, which came out to today that we're recording, but three days ago for everybody listening, we were talking about how you used to put the microphone in weird places so that you had to like lean forward the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why you did that to yourself, but 
it's basically it's self-immolation. You know, like the same reason that I don't just say, hey, I'll be right back. I have to be right now in the middle of an episode and I just hold it for two hours. Yeah. And I feel like with you too, like there are times where that happens really early in the episode and you're holding it literally for two hours. Yeah, you can tell probably by the urgency of some of my comments. <laughs> yeah, and or by the time we're done, you're like, okay, gotta go, bye. Or I say, pee-pee, gotta go pee-pee. Yeah, that was still one of the strangest moments ever. <laughs> it's like your brain just took over. Like this subconscious physical, like your medulla oblongata said, you know what, we're running the show for a few minutes. I go pee, Chad. I wonder what with, with the dog on my lap, what we will say. Oh, man. Come out of my mouth. <laughs> Ugh. Well, I mean, it's it's entertaining for the like for at, at the very least, it's entertaining for me. So yeah, there's that's that. All that matters. Yeah, exactly. If I can keep you entertained for two hours. I can at least keep some audience members entertained. Yeah, I'm gonna open up the Instagram real quick. Right, can you believe that file still saving? By the way, that's unbelievable. How big is the file? It's oh, it's like six or seven gigs. Every oh, Jesus, every episode of the show is like six or seven gigs. Ugh, really? I had no idea they were that large. I mean, what what? I'm I'm sure no one cares about this other than us. But what sample rate are you saying? Shit, it's our show. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, it's it's part of it is the length. So you Um, have an audio file. You know, like Logic Pro projects aren't usually two to three hours long. They're usually five to ten minutes long. Sure. You've got multiple tracks, which is doesn't really add too much. But you know, you have multiple long tracks. But then we have. Uh, let's see. Let me, oh, I can't do it while it's saving. But I have like six effects on every. You know, like I have a, a declicker so that you know when our voices go click click, if our yeah. mouth is getting dry or something, it cuts that out. Mm-hmm. Noise reduction for the background, uh, a leveler. Um, okay, so that makes more sense because you're running filters while you're saving, so it's processing and saving at the same time. Yeah. So okay, it, that it, makes sense. It takes like twenty minutes to save a file. Sometimes yep. more, depending. And this this was well this. That's a 148. That's a little bit short, actually. So it's a shorter episode. This is, I'm saving the Julie file. So, uh, glad that went well, by the way. I was worried about that one. Oh, it's so much fun. She's so much fun. Yep. Well, what's, what's weird about these, what I have to do because, like most people, I don't have the money to buy the maxed out laptop with, you know, like a terabyte of storage in it or two terabytes. I get the like medium level of storage. Well, all these, like I said, these are like five to five to eight gig files for every mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, I wouldn't have a hard drive anymore, so I have to move them to an external. Jeez! But to do that, first I have to move a folder over into the the external drive for the episode, drop in the the raw audio files. Mm-hmm. But then I have to save. That's another reason it takes longer because it's saving to an external as opposed mm-hmm. to the home drive. Gotcha. Yeah, that at least quadruples the time because you now you're at the limit of USB. Yeah, because like if I rate. if I saved that to my desktop, the Logic profile, and then moved it over, it would take like three times as long. Sure. Because it's going to save, and then it's going to take the time for the transfer. So it's easier to save it right to the external. But like you said, limits of USB. Yep. And it's USB C, but still, it's not Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. Oh, even Thunderbolt probably would take this long. Actually, I think it is Thunderbolt technically. Yeah, Thunderbolt's pretty quick, but yeah, I mean, you're you're just it's just plus on top of that, it's a seven gig file, dude. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's not just the transfer rate too. You know, it's that yeah, 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 right. Because it's it's when you save this in Logic, it's got three levels. So there's the top one saving, the next one copying audio file, and mm-hmm. then underneath that, it's copying all of the the effects for each audio file. So every time I cut, 
you know, like if there's a <laughs> and I cut out a cough mm-hmm. and that splits a track into two, that's a new audio file. Cut out a cough. I don't cut know. Cut out a cough. Cut out a cough. You know, it almost sounds like you're at the dentist. Yeah, or or sound like a old dude from New York. Oh, you just cut out the cough. It's fine. Speaking of, um, Coming to America 2 is coming out and I'm very excited about that. That's so strange to me. But uh, you know, it seems like there's a lot of money in remaking things right now. We're bringing old things back. At the very least, though, I respect Eddie Murphy for taking as long as he did to even consider doing the second one. So I don't know if that. that's happened, though. I feel like he was like, I'm done with that. And then money was the lure. Sure. Well, it's like that Denzel Washington thing, right? Like he said, he'd never do a sequel and he did one for uh, the equalizer because the money was right. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, most people put in those situations will probably pick to do something like that. But like how much well, of a compromise is this? Ah, uh, not that much of one. Well, I, I, I bet though in certain cases, like the case of Denzel or Eddie Murphy, those guys are stinking rich. So sure, the money's a lure there too, but the project had to be right. Well, I, I think the money is a lure because... Um, even though they're stinking rich, you know, like uh, I, I don't remember who the interview was with. This is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Somebody's talking about like as you make more money, your lifestyle grows with it. Oh, sure. So, you know, like uh, we'll say that you and I have, well, you and I are probably rare exceptions because we're both <laughs> struggling right now. But we'll, we'll say at our good time, we have 20% disposable income. Mm-hmm. I would venture that people that are totally loaded like Denzel have 20% expendable income because 80% of it is going to pay for the really expensive house here, the really expensive house there, the sales tax, the agent, you know, the the car, the travel. So they're spending just as much percentage-wise as we are. Yeah, it's funny you say that. The the hardest part is actually going backwards. Um, you know, because when I was working in tech um, and I was doing that kind of stuff, like I was making significantly more money. Um I, I would say more than double what I'm making now. So my lifestyle was very different. And then having to adjust backwards, um, you know, because I, at, at one point I, I made a choice to do something that made me happy versus something that made me money. Um, I took more than a 50% pay cut in order to do that. And although I am happier, I definitely had to, there was like, it was like a year for me to readjust everything. You know, like it's simple stuff too, like having to buy different food or, going out to eat less or actually food was probably the biggest thing um, for me anyway, um, just because I, I had to be much more careful about how and where I spent money. So I couldn't just randomly go, Hey, let's go have a $150 dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go back to like looking and going, okay, this is, this is how much, uh, exactly. okay, probably, not, probably not valuable for me enough for me to spend $20 right now. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the reasons I love the bank that I use that simple. Mm-hmm. Because when I allocate stuff to bills and stuff like that, it removes it from my my balance. Sure. So I'll ha- I have what they call a, a safe to spend balance, and safe to spend balance is the money that's not allocated to some excuse me to something else. Mm-hmm. So anytime I'm in a situation like that, I can just pop up the widget. You know, it'll be like uh, eight hundred dollars safe to spend. Okay, I have plenty of money. I can buy food right now. For- yeah. Unnecessary food that is. I'm sure. not that impoverished, but <laughs> unnecessary food. Oh, you, know, you know, unnecessary food is like ice cream. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Boba tea, lamb, boba tea. I know, I know. Unnecessary food. 
<laughs> it's funny because I have I have tears of sacrifice and um, like boba is definitely one of those things that's on that list. Like if I'm not if if financially I'm having a tougher time, then I always sacrifice boba first. Um, and there's tiers like that's like tier one, and then there's tier two, tier three. Like coffee is like tier four, and then tier five is like basic food. Like I have to eat something. That is one of the few places where I happen to be very lucky with having removed so many vices from my life mm-hmm. that my my income or my my spending is so much more secure now mm-hmm. in the sense you know like cigarettes it used to be five dollars a day at least right well sure. at a certain point it got up to like eight dollars a day probably what it is now or ten yeah sure 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 so five to ten dollars a day uh coffee five to seven dollars a day mm-hmm. uh what else was there alcohol oh mm-hmm. alcohol is a big one yeah that would be like uh, what Two hundred dollars a week, sometimes. Oh, yeah, I mean, without breaking a sweat. I mean, it's yeah. it's easy to spend that on alcohol, actually. Not not counting the wrecking crew days when it was oh, far far God. more. Jesus, I was just thinking about that the other day. Like considering how much more. Like that's when I was still working in tech. You know what I mean? Like I was I was wrecking crew back then, um, and God, I would spend. I mean, I remember there was a month where I probably spent like two thousand dollars on alcohol. It was ridiculous. Oh yeah. It's kind of it's kind of sad when you think about it. You know, like you're like now you're going, hmm, how am I gonna buy this thing that you know, like, oh, I need to fix this thing on my computer. I can't pay for that right now. I gotta mm-hmm. wait a few months. And you're like, hmm, if I only had all that money that I pissed into a urinal. Sure. <laughs> but you know, I, I I I try not to do that just because I know that there's there's an experience associated with that that was important to a certain chapter of my life. So I, you know, I try not to look back with regret. Um, I don't look Definitely back on anger. Definitely not true. Cigarettes, know? though. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. But we've had a lot of great conversations. They would have on porches. Yeah, I know. But it's it, it was a it was a different feeling. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, sorry, drinking water again. You that's twice in a row. <laughs> You've got me with water in my mouth. Yeah, I seem to get. But I, I seem to be doing that a lot more. Like my timing on that's really good, or or really bad, depending on how you look at it. We're losing our rhythm. We're losing our rhythm. Well, I feel like it's because you're establishing rhythms with so many different people um, that that now, like your your cadences from person to person, like they take a little bit to to adjust to. You know what I mean? Which is about right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I believe it. Oh man, I'm looking through the Instagram and I'm like, there's so many things in here that I haven't talked about, but I don't really want to talk about any of them. <laughs> So tell me, tell me what it was like to do an interview again. I was a little nervous, to be honest, because I thought yeah. it was going to be rusty. Sure, um, but we got we got lucky in the sense that um, her having been in a metal in a black metal band, and me having just read a book about the history of black metal, mm-hmm. plus you know back in the day, me listening to all of that music as well, we got to start there, and I think it just broke the conversation in for both of us. Yeah, and then it was smooth sailing from there. And I think that, you know, along the theme of getting better at stuff, when it comes to interviews, I think that that's like tantamount for my style is to find that one foothold. And then I'm fine after that one foothold. I just need that beginning foothold. Yeah, sure. And, you know, like everybody has different... We've we talked in the past about uh, Cal Newport. Everybody has like a different style of how to get a conversation rolling. And mm-hmm. to me, mine is get that first foothold. Have that one thing 
that breaks the person into and myself as well into a conversation and out mm-hmm. of an interview format. Yeah. If I can find a topic that the person is passionate about or that they want to talk about, then once they start talking, they'll do like what we talk about a lot where we forget we're recording. Uh, yep. If you can get them into that place, then you're good for the next two hours. Man, I don't even care that we're recording anymore. I don't even oh, think, don't about, think it. about it. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think about it at all. When you, yeah, especially like this is my third episode. Well, actually, technically my fourth episode recorded this week. So I literally don't even think about it at all anymore. It's, mm. it's like a phone call for me. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, by the way, speaking of fourth episodes, I recorded... Um, we, I guess we could go to that when we go to challenge. We'll get back to that. Never mind. Stick around for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. What I was about to say. Oh, the mood is so weird in the morning. Such yeah, a it, I, feel like, I feel like we're moving a lot faster. It's strange. I feel like we're going nowhere yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, going nowhere fast is probably the better way to describe it. Like, I feel like we're we've, a lot more words have been said, um, but I feel like in the morning you have like this tendency to wanna to to recap the week because you don't have the ability to recap the day yet. You know? Yeah, I think yeah, mornings are less less introspective. They're more yeah, sure. kind of like uh, analytical, almost outrospective. That's not even a word. I like it though. That should be a word. Outrospective. We shall define it today. Use this word henceforth. <laughs> henceforth. Henceforth. I like uh, that was, word. Uh, in reading the Secret Garden, mm-hmm. um, Mary. God, her name is so. Her name's not Mary. Frances Hodgson Burnett. Hard name to remember for some reason for me. Yeah. Um, the Frances Hodgson Burnett book. And she talks about uh, how like the servant people speak Yorkshire. Mm. And what's really strange about it, I, I think the book was written in the 1800s, early 1800s, like 1818 or something like that. Um, watch, I'll be off by 100 years. <laughs> like actually, Chad, it was 1911. Oops. Uh, well, like you used to be fond of saying, we're not an informational show. Yes, don't take anything to be truth. Uh, but anyways, she talked about Yorkshire and the way that the you know I was listening to the audio book I told you before Karen Gillian's reading it and hearing her voice when they do the Yorkshire is really weird because it sounds I don't, it's obviously not modern Yorkshire but it was modern Yorkshire when the book was written mm-hmm. it sounds like um, not Shakespearean but almost almost like Thor in the comics mm-hmm. not in the movies because he talks like a normal dude. But you remember in the comics, he would use a lot of thou's and these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And his, you know, was always written in script instead of, you know, comic sans like every other character. Yep. That's how the Yorkshires talked. Like, get thee down. Like, whoa. Did they really talk? I assume they really talked like that then. Mm, that's, that is really strange. But that it was... So when we, as Americans, when we when we make jokes about like henceforth and thee, thou, it's always snooty and upper class. Mm-hmm. But for them, the these and the thous of the Yorkshire was mm-hmm. lower class. Oh, weird. So like the language had moved beyond that, but yeah. these people were still speaking archaic. Mm. That's interesting, right? Yeah, that is really weird. It would be like guess that. How did you find this? How did you find this out, by the way? Just by reading the book. Uh, okay. You know, you just put it together where it's, you know, like, okay, well, the, the 
rich people, the educated rich people in this book, aren't mm-hmm. using these and nows. Sure. But the poor people are. So that means that they, they're getting it from, I would, what I would guess Church. is they, yes, exactly. They're getting mm-hmm. it from the Bible. Yep. And whereas the educated people are reading other books. Sure. And the poorer people are only getting, probably not even reading the Bible. They're hearing the Bible read to them. Mm-hmm. In you know in their church, so that's what their concept of language is. And obviously, given that the church had a different value to people.